a goal for me has always been creatively that I want my work to be distinguishable. Like I want people mm. to be able to pick me out of a magazine, of an Instagram feed, whatever it is that they're looking at and be like, I think, or wait, I know this is Lynn's work. Welcome to the podcast by Mikhail Alphon. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I wanted to ask you a question. Are you looking to launch your own podcast? If you are, you have to check out Mike Me Audio. My podcast would not sound nearly as amazing as it does if it wasn't for their help. And I frequently recommend them to my clients at Blue Light so you know it's legit. They have a full suite of services to help you launch your own show from ear-catching intros, editing services, and they'll even help you publish your finalized episodes. Now, they've worked with shows like Brittany Crystal's Beyond Influential, Libsyn's The Feed, so you know you're in good company. So if you're looking to launch your own podcast, and you know I recommend you should if you're building a personal brand or a business, just mention my name to nick at mikeme.com and you'll get your first episode edited for free. Again, reach out to nick at mikeme.com. That's N-I-C-K at MikeMe.com, and they'll edit your first episode for free when you mention this show. But before I speak too much, let's get on to the podcast. What's up, Socialite, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Our guest today is a Chapman graduate who's focused much of her career on digital marketing and public relations. One of her many standout roles includes heading the marketing and PR initiatives for the popular dance crew, Kaba Modern. And if you don't know who Kaba Modern is, they made it to the top three competitors of MTV's series, America's Best Dance Crew. What you won't find on her resume, though, is that she's also an accomplished dancer on the team, and she harnesses the power of identifying the breed of any dog that might come her way. But what I'm most excited about is that she's the newest member of the Blue Light family. Before I speak too much, please join me in welcoming Lynn Aiko onto the show. How are you doing, Lynn? Hi, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Lynn's first podcast. I don't, did you feel forced into doing this? No. That's, that's a really good answer. I didn't want to come off as a jerk to anybody that's <laughs> anybody lis- listening right now. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I'm, we're all pumped to have you on the team. Um, and I thought that this would be a great way to get to know each other a little bit more, or at least for me to get to know you because I'm interviewing you and not the other way around. So why don't we start from the beginning? What were you like in high school? Um, I was really quiet. I think it was mostly just because every year, starting freshman year, I moved to a different high school. So each year, oh. freshman, sophomore, junior, I was in a different high school. So it was really in and out for me. I was focused on dance and English. That was like mm. the only two subjects in the school that really mattered. So I had like my group of friends, but it was really just all about the arts for me. Where did you live? I lived in Chino Hills. Chino Hills. You went to, you graduated from Diamond Bar High School? I graduated early. So I, that was my Answer. last, <laughs> that was my <laughs> last high school, but I took the California high school proficiency exam and then graduated. Oh, that's awesome. So you're a genius. No, uh, I just wanted to get out. I just <laughs> wanted to go to college. Yeah. Why were you, why were you bouncing around so much? I don't know. It's kind of just worked out that way. I think I didn't go to the high school that was in my town because my parents wanted me to go to a high school that had better testing scores. Mm. And then I didn't like that high school because it was too far away. Mm. It was like an hour and a half drive. So then we switched and then they wanted me to be on a better dance team. So then we switched again, which is why I ended up at Diamond Bar. So your parents were pretty supportive of of the dancing. Of the technical dancing. Yeah. The technical dancing being like ballet, jazz, like mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yeah. When did you start getting into hip hop? 
right when I got to college. Like when I could make my own decisions. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> when you got to college, uh, I mean, copper moderns, I feel like they're re- relatively well known, mm-hmm. right? Um, did you just join that group right off the bat? No, I actually didn't join until like four years ago, which was already after my, um, you know, entire college career. Mm. But I was slowly introduced to it in college and I would take like classes from that community or, you know, people that were on Cabo Modern and I would make friends, but I never really made the full jump until after I was done with my academics. The discipline of like going through all of your work and then jumping into the crew is mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Was that something that you chose or your parents told you to do? Oh, I chose completely. Yeah. I mean, because mm-hmm. I there were a lot of kids or a lot of people my age, my peers that were doing college and doing dance at the same time. And I could just see how much it affected their college careers and their careers just for like the future. They weren't able to balance both because that community of dance is so, it's just so strenuous. Like there's 5 a.m. rehearsals, there's hell weeks where you're, you know, there are people that have full-time jobs and are going straight to rehearsal. It's like the way they prioritize it and the value that it has to them is just, it's so, it's so intense, you know? And I just, I didn't want to do that. I love that though. It's like these people are really passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. That's when people get, get, and I'll be honest with you, my fiance and I, like we looked up some of the videos that Mm -hmm. are on YouTube and I think we caught you in a couple of them. And I was like, I think that's her. She's really good. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, So what was, uh, what was like trying out for that team? Like, it sounds as if it's no joke. It's not like, oh, you're pretty good. So come on. Like, how does that work? It was, it was nerve-wracking, but I think because I was I was auditioning at an older age, which kind of made me feel insecure initially. Um, an older age being like 22 at this time? Yeah, being 22 when, when usually it's year 18. Oh. So, um, but there were there were other people my age, but I was coming from, you know, they didn't know me. I'm, I'm not from the Irvine area. Um, it was really nerve-wracking, but I just, I was so much more sure of myself, I think at that point in my life versus when, if I were to been an 18 year old and have tried out it would have been like a mess probably so when you had to try out do you have to do their choreography or do you have to come up with something how does it work um so yeah it's a it's an entire week you have to learn three different pieces and then you also have to find a group at the end and then stage and block that piece and then make changes to the entire piece with your own effects so that they know your artistic capabilities and then there's also a freestyle round at the end with your own effects is that to the music or that to both Okay. Yeah, so like uh, you have to change up their choreography in a way mm. that's like visually stimulating. And then if you can alter the music in any way to make the performance more exciting, then that's fair game. How do you, how did you go about and like alter the music? So you have to have some knowledge in how to mix your own stuff? Yeah. What? Yeah. So you do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Like I mean, basic, basic knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. How did you learn that? Uh, oh, well, I danced in high school and I would make my own mixes for like my own solos or if, you know, I was in a group dance, I would always just make the mixes myself. So, so you're 25 or 26 now? 25. Huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm old. Do you even remember what it's like trying to have two like tape decks and recording shit off the radio? Yeah. Oh, no. I had like LimeWire and a disc. Yeah, that's yeah. when we started. Yeah. So when I was like in second and third grade, like we had to like press record while like Kiss FM was playing if we wanted to like make mixtapes. It's pretty interesting. It was a grueling process. I remember doing that for like my third grade crush. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Yeah, she hated me. (laughs) (laughs) So um, looking at your resume, 
uh, you graduated with a degree in English, correct? Mm -hmm. What drew you to PR and marketing? Is, like your whole career mm -hmm. or your, you know, so far is is focused on that. Well, The Devil Wears Product came out in 2006. I love that movie. I was in sixth grade. And then a year after Mad Men came out. So I grew up with Mad Men. Okay. And that's like, yeah, Don Draper, like Peggy, all those characters in that series were the people, the person that I wanted to be when I grew up. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I always fell asleep during Mad Men. Yeah, I don't know. As a 12, 13-year-old, it was yeah. like the best show in the world. It was like I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I had to watch it, and no one else around me my age was watching it, so I felt like I was in on this secret. Okay, that's awesome. What was it about those characters that you liked so much? Oh, man, that would take me forever to explain. But I mean, Let's go. I we think, got time. <laughs> well, obviously, the my favorite character is Peggy. It's just her rise— her rise in the industry. And, you know, mm. I mean, even up until the end, she's constantly facing obstacles and constantly overcoming them. And just her growth from, you know, the secretary to the, to this creative, like, powerhouse is insane. And I'm, that's just exactly what I wanted to be. I think you're very creative already. Thank you. Been blown away by what you've been doing here. What have your experiences been like at the either agencies or companies that you've been working for before? And how does that compare to uh, Mad Men? Um, I mean, to be honest or like transparent, it's been tough. It hasn't been an easy journey at all. I faced a lot of, uh, just like, I don't know if it's like discrimination, just like being younger, like mm -hmm. because I graduated high school early, because I graduated college early, um, coming into the industry super early and being a woman and being a person of color, I just felt like I didn't want, I never wanted to say it. I never wanted to admit like, oh, I'm, I'm meeting these obstacles or I'm facing um, you know, these kind of situations because I am this and that. But like looking back on it, like it was it was strange that I was the only person of color in a room filled with like mostly white people and being the youngest one in the room is often my experience or my capabilities were doubted. And then being a woman, what most of the time, whenever I was on a project or, you know, I was within an agency that did have a male boss, there were definitely times where things that were said that were inappropriate and I had no idea what to do, and it threw me for a loop. May I ask what one of those things are? Yeah, so it was, I think it was even within the last year. I was working for a magazine, and um, I was doing social, I was doing creative for them, and we had to get specific shots for a client, and then, you know, we were scheduling everything out, and it was just getting really frustrating because everyone that was to be a part of the shoot it was just wasn't lining up. Like the dates weren't lining up, um, what we needed, like props, it just wasn't working out. The CEO of the publication kind of like looked at me because I was, you know, explaining the situation and threw his papers in my face. And he what? said, yeah. Holy shit, okay. And well, it was me and another girl, but I was the one speaking and he said, you know, a man could have done this job in five minutes and it wouldn't be this hard. And so I quit three months later, but... That environment was super just hostile. And it was for all the women that were a part of that publication. And, you know, to say now, I think it's a year later. None of none of us work there anymore, yeah. thankfully. But, yeah, it was just... Uh. What publication was that? Locale Magazine. Really? Yeah. <sighs> that's, that's why a, I don't think they're on my resume, but... No, they're not. Yeah, they're not, yeah. but, yeah. Wow, that's that interesting. Was, I used to want to, like, I don't know why, just get, like, a feature in Locale Magazine mm -hmm. because it's circulated around here. Yeah, and it's, like, right, it's cool. like the local... Now fuck them. I don't like them. Yeah. And it's cr it's crazy because they just, 
um, held like their first, it's like a women empowerment event, you know, and I was mm. part of that. The founder, obviously he's a man and, you know, he thought up this idea, but it's like, you're a man who works m like mostly with women. It's all women in the office for the most part, except for the sales team. And the way you speak to us and the way, the way you're empowering us is not empowering at all. And uh. it, he even had a weight scale outside of his room. What? As encouragement for the, yeah. I know. And it was encouragement for what? Exactly. Right. Like, yeah. And he, he would like, he would hint or like, you know, suggest sometimes like jokingly, like, oh, who wants to step, step on the scale today? Like, it was insane. That's crazy it that that insane. actually happens around here. Yeah. What a loser. Sorry. Like, no, it, I'm usually like, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. And love everyone until you're a loser like that. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. No, it's okay. I but mean, what about your next situation then? Oh, Truvani. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was partially out here, Newport Beach, and then in New York. That was fun. It was honestly just really fun. Um, it was different because it was um, completely remote. So there was no office, no headquarters, really. It was kind of just wherever we were working out of their home in Newport and then the other co-founder's home in um, Newport Beach or, yeah, New York. Yeah, it was fun. It was just hard because there was not a lot of face-to-face, -face, but it was like a learning experience. Working with people from New York, I think, is so different mm. than working with people you know, from California. And I love that change of pace. And yeah. I feel like I learned so much and I grew so much. Um, but it left me wanting more, which is why I made the decision to leave a comfortable position. That's interesting too. I've noticed a big dichotomy. The people that are working out here that mm -hmm. we deal with, typically a little bit like slower to make, not really slower to make decisions, but they'll tiptoe around what they're trying to say. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like, the feedback, so you ask for their feedback, it's like, well, what do you think if we did this? Mm -hmm. Whereas you talk to somebody from New York and they're like, that's fucking ugly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love it. I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. I'm not wondering whether or not we should do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you have to travel out there when you were doing that? Yeah. So I was, I, it was pretty much like I was living in New York for a good part of like a year. That's nine awesome. Year. How do you like it over there? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Chicago. Mm. I'm from Deerfield, Chicago. Um, but yeah, I, I love the East Coast. I eventually want to make my way back out there, mm. but we'll see what happens. Well, the good news is, is we're actually thinking of, I want to expand out there with <gasps> some people that are, um, with some people that we work with, with, uh, Jer you'll meet Jared eventually and Tyler. Mm. So we work with LDPR out there, right? Oh yeah, um, that's right. Through Br Briggs and Rowley. Mm. And we got that connection through Jared. She's a great friend of mine. Um, and we're thinking of setting up shop, like it's in the early talks of it, but mm. New York, then LA. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So if you love it out there, that could work. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's rad. I love it out there too. So I'm glad that we could connect on that too. Like I'm a big Giants fan. Oh, nice. My family's from out there. Oh. <laughs> At least my dad's side of the family. So that's cool. Um, so, I mean, look, uh, when you were talking about you graduated high school early, mm -hmm. uh, was that your choice or your parents' choice? My choice. You just were over it. Like I need to get this over with. I think it was just more like I couldn't wait. Like I was never, I didn't really hang out around people my age and all my mm -hmm. cousins were older than me. High school was so boring. Yeah. Like I was breezing through assignments, even like the dance, like it wasn't as challenging. Like I wanted to be up there with the older kids, yeah. you know, and it was always that way from kindergarten up until, yeah, like after, I mean, maybe probably even until now, I always wanted, I always wanted the stakes to be higher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same with college. You graduated early. Same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, same thing. I just because I I was working all through college. I put myself through college, and 
you know, if you're working and you already see what's available and what's out there, it's like, why am I going to waste my time and drag this out? Like, I understand the networking potential, like opportunities in college mm. and like, you know, this experience, but working and seeing like a result of like, you know, what you're building and all these projects you're doing, that's so much more exciting to me. And I feel like, yeah, my place was, my place was elsewhere. It just wasn't. Yeah. So what about now? I mean, I, Look, I, I, I can relate to the idea of feeling like when I said, when I said you were 25, you're like, <sighs> like you've, mm -hmm. it almost felt as if you felt like you've wasted so much time already. Yeah. Do you feel that way today? Yeah. Really? I always, I've always, it's weird. Cause I, I'm like hearing it now, like, oh, I graduated high school early, graduated college early, but I've always felt like I was behind. I've always felt like, oh my gosh, I missed out on this thing. If I would have gotten into this earlier, I would have been so much greater. So now I need to make up for that lost time. I always feel like that. I don't know. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough place to be. That's yeah. a tough place to be. I mean, um, well, for one, like uh, for, for me personally, it's like, dude, like if I had the head on, that you have on your shoulders, like, you know, I guess it's a little bit of regret. It's like I would have been a millionaire by now. Mm. You know, we'd <laughs> probably have a little bit bigger of a studio or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. But like, I think you're killing it. What kind of personal goals do you have for yourself? Let's say next 12 months, next 18 months and next five years. Next 12 months, I want to get my parents out of California and into the, the state, country, island, whatever, mm. where they can retire properly. Mm. And that's definitely doable within 12 months. I, I foresee it. I believe it. And then what, what are yeah. your steps to get there? Um, well, I mean, I've been, I've been saving for them because, mm. uh, well, when I was in, I think when I was in junior high, that's when my dad was first diagnosed with cancer and he's also diabetic. And then, so he got the cancer and then he also got heart surgery when I was in high school and then also had kidney failure, which he just got a transplant for successfully a few months ago. Two years ago, my mom got breast cancer and she beat that. So I just, because our family has always kind of, oh man, it's just been back to back for us. It's it's never been even a question. Like I'm always, my, what I'm working for is to give them the life they need because they've given me the life I have. So, you know, I mean, it's just, I think that's just how the culture works. Mm. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> next 18 months. I'm like, there's so many things I want to ask yeah. about that, but next 18 months, what are you? Next 18 months, like personal goal? Mm -hmm. I just want, to keep, I don't know, moving. Like, I don't even know if that's a goal, but I just, uh, like with life, like there's just so many things happening right now. I think like with my family, with my relationship, with work, that I just want to be present. I don't know if that's really a goal. It's more of like a larger scale goal, but it's still a goal for me. Yeah. 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 That's important though. We don't know each other very well yet. So it's like one of those things where I could sense it like mm -hmm. I have a lot of the same issues and it's like I take time every morning just to shut everything off and be present and recognize where I am. I have something I'm going to give you probably not today because I have to order it, but, um, but some, it is important to stay present. What about professional goals for you? Oh, international. Like I want oh, that's to, right. yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, whether it's offices, like open, helping opening up offices internationally, gaining, bringing in clients, internet, like, you know, for overseas, my mom uh, graduated with a major in advertising and fine arts. And then we also own um, an advertising agency back home in the Philippines. And her what? dad, yeah, her dad um, pretty much built that from the ground up. So I, that's, yeah, I, th I think she's kind of like 
her own version of like Devil Wears Prada, but ended up doing something else. Um, Can we talk about that yeah, real quick? Yeah, sure. The Devil Wears Prada, like. <laughs> I, first of all, I that's one of those movies that like if it's on, no matter where it is in the movie, I'm watching the yeah. rest of it. I don't care what else I have mm-hmm. to do that day. But when it comes to the, what is it about that? Is it the hustle and bustle and the working hard? Because it's not so much about the ad agency as much as it like Anne Hathaway, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of finding herself through yeah. this job she thought she wanted type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's like what she was able to make out of the situation, like a mm-hmm. situation that most people would be like, be like, I can't do it. I'm def- like, it's not for me. Like, I'm, what's the point if I'm only going to I'm only going to put a year in and, you know, it's going to be like a stepping stone. Like most people wouldn't even put in the effort. Um, but she did. And she she got more than what she thought she was going to get out of it in the end. She like found herself as a person. She found, you know, her own confidence. And she ah, she did so much within an hour and 30 or 45 minutes. And and I think my mom did that. And I think I'm doing that. When is when has there been a time where you felt, you know, there might have been a moment of like, I don't know if I can do this, but you came through anyway. Moving out when I was yeah, moving out when I was 18 to go to Chapman and, you know, come out here on my own and be apart from my parents while my dad was going through like the whole like heart surgery thing. Mm. And yeah, cause I'm, I'm an only child. So mm. being apart from them and then also realizing, oh, I have to, if I want to go to Chapman, if I want to go to school, I have to pay my way and also support myself. But then, you know, my dad's also sick. It was just like too much. Like I can't even say all of it cohesively right now but it was just it was just too much for me to handle at that age and I thought oh I'm just not gonna do it I'm just gonna live at home with my parents and I'll go to like whatever school is out in Palm Springs if there is I don't even know if there's a college out there mm-hmm. but yeah I just yeah I was so close to giving up what motivated you to get through that oh my parents mm. like yeah just thinking of them yeah because They've done so much. Like they, you know, came from the Philippines. They came from Chicago. They literally were in, I think both of them, my dad was definitely in debt from an ex, from a past girlfriend before he met my mom. <laughs> and my mom was, you know, this like deer in the headlights, like straight from the Philippines. What am I going to do in California? You know, t- in, she was in that type of situation. And they built like this amazing family, amazing home and raised me. Like that's mm. crazy. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything tactically that you did? Like, did you pray every day to get through that? Did you, you know, dance your way through it when you're feeling stressed out? Like, what was the thing that allowed you to separate yourself a little bit so you could regain focus? Mm, Yeah, it was dance for sure. Hands down. Like anything that happened and some pretty shitty things happened. It Yeah, it was dance or even just thinking about dance or just... I mean, even to go even a step further, like music is anything that like stimulated me in that way, like musically, like it helped me get through it. Is there a song that you remember that really like stuck with you throughout that time? People always ask that, like, oh, like what's your favorite song? Or like, you know, people ask, what's your favorite movie? But there's, there's not one. Yeah, Yeah, it depends (laughs) on the moment. But I think it's just like the collective consumption of all those different songs of, Mm. you know, it's, it's what make they, they each give each other meaning yeah so each whatever moment that i was in whatever song i'd listened to then contributed to that experience overall and then for all those moments thereafter yeah. it was all affected mine mine goes a little backwards it's like when i hear a song it brings me back to a certain place not mm. necessarily that i'm in that place and i turn that song on mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy yeah um 
Listen, that's, I mean, it sounds like you've gone through some really tough times already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're just getting started. Let's bring it back to work a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so working internationally is a goal of yours. Let's start with New York. Okay. <laughs> and then we can start bringing people over from <laughs> London maybe. We're a little bit closer in proximity. Mm-hmm. That works. What else? A goal for me has always been creatively that I want my work to be distinguishable. Like I want people mm. to be able to pick me out of a magazine, of an Instagram feed, whatever it is that they're looking at and be like, I think, or wait, I know this is Lynn's work, right? Mm. Or whatever name I'm on. I, you know what I mean? Like that's always been a goal. It's not even about like my name being there. It's just about the work that's produced and having like a signature feel to it and it being this thing that people desire and want and you know, they want to see their brands through those eyes or through that lens. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Shepard Perry, for example. It's like you kind of always know when it's like mm-hmm. obey. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily need to see the signature. That's cool. Would yeah. yours be through writing? I don't think so. Mm. I used to think that's what it would be. But, you know, defining my craft and honing it a little bit more and then just seeing how also the industry and like where I'm at within it, I think it's definitely going to be through like photo or mm. video. Do you think that it's going to be from a direction standpoint, like in the same way that Scorsese or like you watch a Scorsese film, Mm -hmm. there's never like a huge climax. It just, everything kind of comes to fruition. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then same thing with what's his name, Tarantino. There's like the 45 minute long dialogues where the scene doesn't actually change and, Mm -hmm. but you're suspense the whole time. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you're talking about from like a direction standpoint or from like a, or from like an actual like graphic standpoint? Yeah. From, yeah, definitely from a direction standpoint. That's cool. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm excited to see that. I th- I'm, we gotta we gotta figure out ways where we can have have you pull that out and hone in on those yeah. while you're here. You're working here, mm-hmm. and I honestly want you. It's I guess maybe it's a little difficult considering, you know, the position I'm in at our company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but really, for you, what are you most excited about working at Blue Light? Oh, the team. That's It's what drew me in with the first initial accident meeting with Nelson. I wasn't <laughs> supposed to come in. It was supposed to be a phone call interview. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, oh man, that's always been the priority. Like the people that I'm working with, the culture that I'm in. And I feel like that hasn't always been the priority for other businesses or other companies. Um, but I think it's shifting that way now and seeing that you guys were that perfect fit, not even just for me, but like if I were to take a step back and look at the company as a whole, Everything lines up like the team lines up. You guys line up with all your clients. It's just like it's almost like the stars are aligned with Blue Light Media, and it's and it feels like it's always been that way. Yeah. So that's yeah. I've just been super attracted to that. That's awesome. I'm pumped to hear that. It's funny about that meeting too because it was really dark and raining. The mm-hmm. lights were out because we didn't think anybody was coming through. <laughs> and I saw. I was like, "Who's that in his office?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, whoops. No, it's all good, man. Like we're, we're already pumped on it. I think, I don't know if he told you, but like we low key made the decision already after we met you. Oh, nice. Yeah. But we're like, no, we got to get like two or three more Mm -hmm. people just like to do our due diligence because how you killed it on the buff bait captions Mm -hmm. was amazing. And just your ability to already take it from a, it's funny to you. You're like, well, yeah, that's common sense. It's not. You know what I mean? We, uh, it's not common sense to do that. So we could tell that you're already, you know, we're, we're always looking for other like assassins, we call them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's rad. How do you feel yourself integrating within the team so far? Right now it's been pretty seamless, but with any team or like any family, I always know that there's always going to be bumps in the road, right? So even if everything's running smoothly now, 
I feel like it's and it's not about like being skeptical or like having your walls up, but I think it's just like knowing that whatever comes comes our way, whether it's good or bad, that I'm already ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for the most part, yeah, everyone. It's crazy how how nice everyone is, and I feel like people always say that when they start jobs, like, "Oh my god, everyone's so nice." But it's just, yeah, everyone's energy has yeah. been so great. I guess to be more specific, and it's just, it's been really easy. Yeah, yeah. We've kind of forced it. Oh. Not, not, not and forced it like it's like this is a, and now it's like part of who we are. Mm-hmm. But for me, like. I don't know if you care, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Okay. It's weird. I don't usually talk this much on my own show. Okay. I went through my fair share of things as well. Mm-hmm. So when I hear your story, I'm like, this is rad. Because I don't think anything, I don't think great things happen without a little bit of adversity. Mm-hmm. And you've already had to deal with that. And so for me, I've been through a lot. And it's forced me to be positive. It's forced me to look on the good side of things. It's forced me to like work harder. I have similar goals. My mom's going to, should be, you met my mom. Mm -hmm. She's supposed to be retired by now. And so now it's like, for me, it's like, I got to get it to where like, she'll be okay. Mm -hmm. You know? So anyways, a couple things that we do that, you know, we do here is like, uh, if we're sending each other text messages and it's the first text message of the day and it's in the morning, you always start it with good morning. Mm-hmm. I will like, I've like shit on, like, I'll be like, good morning. Like if they just send it, like those things are really important. You know, um, it's kind of weird now cause we have two floors, but before it's like, if you were leaving, you have to say goodbye. If you come in, you have to say hello. So I'll always come up and say hello, but little things make a big difference, but I am proud of the team and how much, how you know, how much it is like a family. And I think that's a very trite thing to say as well. Mm-hmm. But we've been through a lot of shit, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> been through a lot of shit together and ho- and the shit's not past us. You know, it's going to it's gonna do it, but we're pumped to have you here. Um, anyways, more about you, less about me. <laughs> but I th- I'm, I'm just pumped to hear that you feel that way about it. The next 12 months with Blue Light Media, mm-hmm. where do you see the company going? Like, where would you like to see it go? I think we said it in that last workshop. It was taking like taking on the bigger clients, mm-hmm. like taking on less clients, but taking on like the bigger clients. Right. And I'm hoping those clients are overseas. That's still my goal. I'm telling you, like, I mean, I it's not that I want to move, but I just feel like it gives us an edge. And I also feel like we could do so much outside of like this local community. Yeah. I still think it's important that we keep local clients and that we stay strong within our area. Mm. But I also think, we have something really special. And if I were to define it by region, like this doesn't feel like a West Coast team. I don't, Fuck yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? Well, think about it. She, uh, Hannah's from Nashville. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of us are kind of West Coast, yeah. but we grew. We all had some, like Carly is just something different though. She's like, she's just, I don't know. She just has a heart of cold type of thing. So yeah. I don't think she's, she's not normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sophia is, Sophia's Seattle. from Washington. Yeah. yeah, Seattle. And then, Nelson and I, I think we both just went through our own thing to where, mm-hmm. like, we didn't grow up. I mean, we were privileged in that we weren't, you know, we were never starving, I don't mm-hmm. think. But, like, you know, we grew up differently than a lot of people grew around here. So we value things like family and camaraderie more than other people, I think. But anyways, yeah, yeah. I just took it again. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like a West Coast agency. What are you saying? Yeah. I And so, yeah, because it doesn't feel that way, I feel like there's something different about us. And I, and I think we should expand. I like that you yeah. said us. That makes me happy. Yeah, where what country would we go to first? I want to go to Asia. Asia? Yeah. Can you speak Mandarin? No, wait. Why would? Why not? Oh, I don't oh, know. I don't know. I wish. I feel like China's the market. That's, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, right? of course. So who's gonna learn Mandarin, me or you? Oh, we can all learn Mandarin. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think that yeah. so. 
China is probably where we should figure it out. Yeah. A little bit of Japan, just because oh, yeah. I love, like, from what I've seen. Oh, my God. I just, I love the culture. Yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. But China's the one. Do you mm-hmm. see yourself, like, doing some work in the Philippines, too? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it's, I mean, I think that's, I don't know if it's, like, a vanity goal, but, like, I, yeah, being an Asian American woman, Pacific Islander woman, I'm not sure what the bubble is, the right bus, test bubble on the to. test form, right? Um, if somebody like calls me Asian, <laughs> like in a derogatory fashion, I'll be like, I'm Pacific yeah. Islander. But, uh, but outside, if I like make a mistake driving, I'm fully Asian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think, yeah, I, I've kind of always wanted to make a name for myself in the yeah. Asian American community. You know, being Filipino, if you bring back something home and it's like some kind of success, whether like you're a DJ or you have an ad agency, they like give you so much love and they hype you up. Like the whole country is your personal hype man. Yeah. So, you know, I've always just wanted to do something out there yeah. for sure too. I love that about our people. Yeah. It's tight. <laughs> like I heard that when Pacquiao's fighting, mm-hmm. the crime goes down to zero. Like the whole country stops. Mm-hmm. Like. That's kind of incredible that everybody will stand behind someone like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's also the man, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> international. All right, goals. So international, it might go the other way. I definitely want to go to the East Coast, just so you know. But yeah. hey, if we figure out a plan to go international, let's go. I'm yeah. down. Like fully down. Because I, I think that there is a lot of stuff that we need to do outside of here, especially mm-hmm. if we would just want to last. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you were CEO for a day, president of Blue Light Media, what would you do differently? I would change the carpets in our office. (laughs) I didn't know that you were going to say that, but I know. All right, go on. I've been here for a short amount of time, so I feel like internally everything's so great. I don't know if it's just like the honeymoon phase still. I've seen it done wrong so many times Mm. that having it feel this way, whether I, you know, behind the scenes it is being done right or not, it just feels, I wouldn't change a thing except for the carpet. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I know. We're working on the carpet. I got the rug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, so it. dude, it's so bad to the it's listener. Okay. Like, so we have this. I mean, we're blessed to have like a, a lot of room for one. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, but to the listener, this office, I'm pretty sure it was from like 1972. That color brown that only existed in 1972 mm-hmm. is the color of our carpet. Unfortunately, there's nothing I could do about it. I ha- I would have had to sign a. F- or your lease for them to change the carpet. Jeez. What's crazy is like, it comes up as like the baseboard. Yeah. It's like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try and figure something out. <laughs> um, Lynn, I'm, I'm super pumped that we got to have this conversation. Um, I'm excited to get to know you more over the next, um, hopefully, more than a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, we'll make sure that that happens. Um, and I'm pumped to know about your story and like where you're, where you're coming from. Um, and hopefully this isn't the last time we have a conversation uh, on the podcast. We'll have many outside of here. Uh, before I ask you the last question of the day, though, um, if somebody wants to connect with you after this, how can they find you? They could find me on Instagram. Do I have to spell it? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll link it up. We'll link it up in the show notes. Um, so the final question for today, if you're to sum up your life's mission into one statement, what would it be? Oh man, it's always a, the corny, like, cause my line's always corny, but it's always the same. Um, it's actually a tattoo that I have on my wrist, on my right wrist. It's in Japanese. It's kinskuroi. It means to repair with gold. Resiliency is key. It always has been for me and my family. Um, things will break. But when you do, you have to repair it with gold to make it of more value than it was initially. So, yeah. I love that. That's that. That's the 
Is it Japanese? Yeah. Or you said that just now. Mm-hmm, but yeah. I, I was thinking when you said that, like, I think we had some Japanese, uh, like, vases, vases or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it did break. And we did repair it with gold. Mm-hmm. And then I remember hearing that story. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. Um, thank you so much. Uh, to the listener, thank you so much for your time and attention. Uh, we really appreciate it. And if you love the episode, we would dig a five-star review. If you didn't like the episode that much, feel free to stick it to us, but subscribe anyway, because we're going to have a ton of incredible people just like Lynn back on the show. Thanks again, Lynn. Thanks. Thanks.